Super Talk Mississippi media production. In Mississippi, with our ever-changing weather, termites and household pests can disrupt your family life and take a toll on your home. Call Family Termite and let us help protect your home. 601-933-1014. Or reach us at www.family-termite.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Well, it's Friday on Coast View where we celebrate the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. And as I always say on Friday, Jeff Duncan contributes to that because, look, whether the Saints are winning or losing, the opportunity to talk about the Saints, I love the Saints. We love them more when they win, but we still love them when they lose. And we're hoping they can still pull out the, the uh, season this year. I mean, yeah, this year, just because of all the injuries that they've had to contend with. Unbelievable. But anyway, without any further ado, let me uh, welcome my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. How you doing, Jeff? Ricky, I'm doing good, man. Good to, it's good to see you guys and uh, always fun to visit again. Hopefully with better better luck. I mean, two, two <laughs> losses in a row. I'd like to kind of get back on the winning side of things. I hear you, man. And we'll talk about that. Hey, you actually spoke to the Gulfport Gridiron Club uh, in the last week or two. Thank you for coming over and, and chatting with that group. Yeah, yeah. Sully asked me to come. Uh, we actually tried to get it done way back early in the season. We couldn't marry up our schedules, so it didn't ended up happening right uh, in early November, and man, it was like all kinds of news going on. I think it was the the game after uh, the day, the Monday after Jameis Winston got hurt, and uh, there was just a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so uh, we had a really good session, a great group of guys. Well, you got great reviews. Uh, Matt McDonald, the executive director of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, who you had a chance to, to meet today, uh, he, he sung your praises, but I'm not surprised. I mean, anyone who's written the number of books that you've written about the Saints and to, to be you know, in the Hall of Fame selection committee, uh, to, to have been sports writer of the year, to be the guy who writes and comments about the Saints, I'm not surprised that you got great reviews. So anyway, thank you for making yourself accessible to us. Hey, look, I, the thing that blew me away, Ricky, was just the wide variety of fans that support all these different colleges and high schools throughout the Gulf Coast. And everyone had their own little team, but everybody had such great in-depth knowledge about their teams. So it was really fun. The night went went by really fast, and everybody was able to uh, contribute to the, the session. It was, it was a great time. So I was really happy to be able to go over there. When you look at the game last week, um, gosh, what a disappointing loss. But you look at the game and you see – with a, with a missed opportunity here and there, all in all, the team played a pretty good game against a really good team. And it just shows you, you need a break or two to work for you and you can lose a game. And uh, that kind of sums up that game, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, they just don't have a real large margin for error with this team. They're in a, <clears throat> this is the seventh straight game, Ricky, that the Saints have been in a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They've won four of them, lost three of them. I just think it's going to be that way this year. But look, that's a, you mentioned it. That's a really good team, arguably the hottest team in the NFL. They've won six games in a row. They've beaten the Chiefs, the Rams, and maybe a bunch of good teams during that stretch, the Bills. Uh, and the Saints went on the road without five offensive starters and played them down to the last minute of the game and just uh, did not get enough breaks. They had a 
critical turnover there, start the second half in a game that you really can't afford to turn it over like that. Uh, so I came away more encouraged than I was discouraged. I thought the defense played well enough to win, uh, but they need to play that way every week. They can't have those letdowns like they did against the Falcons and you lose a game like that. I mean, the defense has got to bring it every week for this team to be successful. So when you when you look back at that game, other than these missed opportunities, what stands out to you? What what stands out to you that says, wow, we really still got an opportunity. We got a big stretch coming up. Really, and we're going to find out what the Saints are all about in the next three weeks. But what's uh, what's your read on what you're watching? Well, the one thing that uh, was encouraging was that the Saints had six plays offensively of 20 yards or more. Uh, that's been an issue all year. Uh, I think an overlooked issue. Explosive plays is what it's called, a, a gain of 20 or more yards. Uh, during the heyday of the Drew Brees era, it was not uncommon for the Saints to have 80 to 90 of those in a given season. Right now, Ricky, after this past week where they had six of them in one game, they have 24 on the year. We're halfway through the year. They're last in the entire NFL in explosive plays. I mean, everything is hard for this offense. They have to march up and down the field, put together these these, uh, multi-play drives, and if they don't play flawlessly and execute at a high level, they end up having one of those holding penalties or they, you know, something goes awry and they're not able to put it together. That's really been the problem this year. They're not getting anything easy. They're not getting those chunk plays. So it was encouraging to see them get six big plays in that game. Deontay Harris made a great play. They had some long pass plays. That's something that I think they need to build on going forward. Drop passes. Still sort of a um, a challenge for the team. What, what's the latest on that? Well, Sean Payton talked about it. I mean, you know, I think that the combination of the drops and then the ball placement, some of the ball placement by the quarterback, I, I just think Sean Payton realizes the passing attack is not going to be the strength of this team. Uh, they don't have uh, Mike Thomas or Marcus Colston, a receiver, who can make those competitive catches. Uh, that's what you have to live with in the NFL. I mean, the guys just aren't going to run free wide open in NFL secondaries. It's just they're too good. They're too many good athletes. Uh, it's just very difficult to do. So you're going to have to make some of those tough catches. And we're, we've seen them try to bring in Kenny Stills and try to bring in Kevin White. But frankly, between, you know, th- there's a reason those guys are on the street. Uh, you're not going to find a savior at this point of the season that's going to come in and make those tough catches uh, in the NFL, it's just too difficult. So the Saints are going to have to lean on the running game. Hopefully they get Alvin Kamara back this week. We're going to find out more about that. But um, they need to get back to what their bread and butter is, playing defense, being efficient on offense. I think Trevor Simeon played well. Uh, but, uh, you know, this team is not, at this point of the season, going to suddenly be a, a dominant passing attack. It's just not going to be their M.O. And then, you know, you saw, you know, we, we, a lot of people were disappointed we didn't get Odell Beckham. But the reality is you saw pretty quickly that he wasn't going to be a savior even if we got him. I mean, the, 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 the timing and all these other issues, you just don't just introduce someone like that and change the course of history. It doesn't work that way, does it? No, and I think that that's really good. The heart, I've got a story that's running this week on this exact issue. You know, Saints fans got so used to, for 15 years, having this juggernaut offense. 
And, and now the post-Drew Brees era, you're just seeing how how difficult it is in the NFL when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't have an all-pro level receiver, how hard it is to move the ball consistently. And I think people all got spoiled a little bit. They, the Saints made it look easy. Those back shoulder throws that Marcus Colston and Drew Brees connected on all those years, it's not that easy. And, and you're seeing it now. And uh, I just think it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to be this kind of struggle, uh, until, especially with Mike Thomas out of the lineup, without a, a preeminent receiver. Uh, they're just going to have to manufacture points and lean heavily on Sean Payton's X and O's wizardry. It's one of the reasons we had so many plays over 20 yards. Could it be that because Alvin Kamara was not in the game, that you know that we had we we were dumping off a lot of passes to him, and and he was such a dominant player for us that we had to go to some some other types of plays, and they just worked for us, or was it not related to that at all? No, I don't think so. Because one of the big plays they had was a 34-yard pass to Mark Ingram on a wheel route which would have been Alvin Kamara, and he would have definitely had that same result. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously a great receiver. No, I think that they're just, you know, that was a game where uh, it changed. Once once Tennessee got that quick touchdown the second half after the Deontay Harris fumble, they only had to drive 19 yards for a touchdown. Uh, that gave them a two-score lead. They were up 20-6, to six, and uh, their defense changed. You know, I know a lot of people were like, well, Trevor Simeon started – Lighten it up. Why weren't they doing it earlier? Well, it's because Tennessee was they once you get a two-score lead in a game like that, you change your defense and and they started playing much more conservatively, letting the Saints throw it underneath. Uh, you know, that wouldn't have been the case if they were only up three points, I think. So things changed and and I frankly think they kind of let the Saints get back in it, but it ended up working out for them. Uh, they managed that game pretty well. That's a good team, and the Saints were helped by the fact they didn't have Julio Jones or Derrick Henry in that game. So they concentrated their defense on A.J. Brown, took him out of the game, and they really needed to perform better to stop uh, Marcus Johnson, a player I've really, frankly, never even heard of. He's kind of a journeyman receiver. He ends up with five catches and 100 yards, most of them against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, that just can't happen if you're going to beat a team like that on the road. So what's the latest on Alvin Kamara? Well, I think it's going to be a game-time decision this week. I think they are optimistic he might come back. Uh, but this is a game they got to get, Ricky. At Philadelphia, it's not going to be easy. Philly's playing well. Uh, Jalen Hurts is playing extremely well at quarterback. Uh, this is one they got to get if, if they hope to get through this four-game gauntlet uh, and still have a chance to make the playoffs. We're going to talk more about that four-game gauntlet here when we come back on the other side. But this is Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune and it's Saints Friday here on Coast View. We'll see you after we get back from break. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. It's uh, kind of the Saints Friday Jeff Duncan day here on Coast View. It's interesting what you can't see if you're in the, uh, you, you can't see because we, what, what Jeff and I can see and what Kyle can see is that we have a, a, a video camera that's owned in Matt McDonald's office right now because Matt's coming on next in the next segment. And uh, what you see there is a cutout of, of, uh, of Saban because, because Matt is a big-time Alabama fan. I mean, dude, he is a big-time Alabama fan. So coming back to Jalen Hurst, man, Jalen Hurst, man, the way he handled that last year at Alabama says a lot about who he was. He was a winner at Alabama. But boy, did Alabama at that moment have a stable full of, like, <laughs> big-time quarterbacks, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, yeah, Mac Jones is probably the front-runner for the Rookie of the Year award. Wasn't even able to get on the field back then. He was the number three quarterback behind Tua Tagovailoa, and and the reason Jalen Hurts left and went to Alabama, uh, Oklahoma is because he he got beat out by Tua. Uh, so you had three NFL starting quarterbacks on the on the team at one time. Uh, just amazing. I mean, th- that's just a machine in Tuscaloosa, and it would not shock me to see them win it all again this year. They're getting better every week. It looks like it's going to be a, a Georgia Alabama showdown. Wow, so and that's going to be so interesting. Be fun to watch. That that is for sure. So as we zero in on this four game stretch, wow, it's we're going. It's going to be a defining four game stretch for the Saints, isn't it? Yeah, and I think they need to get healthy to run this gauntlet. I mean, we talked about Alvin Kamara, but I think a big loss also is uh, Teron Armstead at left tackle. Hopefully, they get him back. Uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, I don't think is going to be back anytime soon. Uh, but you got Philly on the road, a place you've lost your last two times you've gone there. It's never easy. They're playing better. They're still contending uh, for a playoff position, at least. And then you come back home with the Thanksgiving Day game against Buffalo. And then a week later, you're playing Dallas in the Superdome, two of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, these wins, I mean, they've got to somehow scratch out at least one win, I think, in these next three uh, to kind of be in position for the, the final stretch run. And, and Sean Payton mentioned that uh, that Taysom Hill got tweaked. What, what are you hearing about that? Yeah, he did. I mean, I saw when it happened. He tapped himself out on the helmet. That means, hey, I need to come out. Uh, and, I, you know, it was an interesting play because he, he caught a pass along the sidelines and just kind of took a – it was a big hit, but it wasn't a, you know, earth-shattering hit. And I just think he's still dealing with the lingering effects of that concussion uh, that that was a good example to me that he's not 100 percent because uh it wasn't helmet to helmet or anything he just kind of took a shot in the in the ribs kind of and tapped out and so he was not in the game for a couple of series and came back in later uh and he's a big part when they don't have alvin Kamara, uh and then you lose Taysom hill and then you'd also lost ty montgomery on the first series to that really grisly dislocated finger he was the backup running back in that game so they were really shorthanded at running back there for a while. What's the story on Ty? Uh, I don't think he's going to play for a while. I mean, that was a compound fracture. that uh, His bone came out of his skin. <clears throat> so uh, I, I would imagine he's going to be sidelined for a while. Hopefully they get Kamara back and uh, it kind of helps. I mean, I thought Mark Ingram played really well uh, in, in, in place of 
of uh, Camara, and it, that's why you brought him in, just in case something like that happened to Camara. Ingram still looks like he's got some juice in those legs, and it, and when we mentioned the 34-yard pass, that might be the long. I, I, I tried to look it up, Ricky. I think it might be the longest pass reception of his career. I, I can't imagine Mark Ingram catching one much longer. He seems leaner, Jeff. Is he? Is he less? Is, does he weigh less than he did when he was here before? I don't think so. I think he's just. Um, I don't know. He's playing very well. I can tell you that. And and I thought the offensive line played fine. Um, you know, that's a good defensive front that Tennessee has. And I think Tennessee. I said this to somebody this week. I think they're a really good model for Saints fans to look at. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill was a guy that played for another team. He was a former first-round pick that really kind of washed out in Miami. He found a second home in Tennessee. But I don't think anybody would would say he's an elite quarterback. But that team, you know, the individual parts add up to, you know, the whole is greater than the individual parts. And they're very good defensively. They know what they are offensively. And they could be a very much a Super Bowl contender without having some superstar quarterback. And I think that might be uh, the M.O. of the New Orleans Saints post-Drew Brees, something like what we see in Tennessee. Do you, how, do, how do you think Simeon compares with the Tannehill? I think similarly. I mean, I think Tannehill might be a little – he's younger, obviously. and But I think the same point is that you can win with a game manager, a guy that needs to make key plays on third down – Knows, knows where to go with the ball and avoids mistakes. I mean, I think talking to Taysom Hill last week about the formula this offense has, it's basically don't mess up, run the ball, play field position, and lean on that defense and special teams. And that's what the Saints were doing in that game. That's why they ran it. But that turnover offensively and the fact that the defense did not get a turnover, I mean, that's the margin for error you've got with the way this team has to play. And then, uh, of course, everyone has analyzed it every which way but loose. But the uh, the the roughing the passer call was um, was not just a bad call in the moment, but you know it negated a, a really important interception that occurred. And I haven't I haven't heard an evaluation of that play that said that should have been a roughing the passer call. No, well, Gene Steratore on the broadcast said in his opinion it wasn't roughing. And Sean Payton talked about it this week, and and I think he made a great point. You know, they've gone too far in protecting the quarterback. Uh, you know, the the this the title of the uh, the penalty is roughing the passer, uh, and that was not roughing the passer. And I think I understand the motivation of the league. They're trying to keep their quarterbacks healthy. They're vulnerable a lot of times. Uh, they everyone wants to see the star quarterbacks uh, in these games. But there's got to be a little bit of common sense used, and I just think we've gone too far in protecting them. And, and look, I, not just that call, but, I mean, I think the Saints had one go their way a couple of weeks ago when they were playing Tampa Bay. I think Devin White did a very similar thing where he left his feet to try and block a pass, and the natural reaction of the quarterback when someone's flying at you is to duck your head. I mean, that's how you react instinctively. And Devin White landed on Trevor Simeon, and Trevor Simeon had thrown an interception in the end zone, exact same result, and the Saints got the ball back and scored uh, because of a roughing the passer call that I thought was just as bogus as the one that that they had to go against them. So it, these things do even out, but they're just tough to stomach because they're such game-altering plays. 
It was um, it was interesting watching Sean Payton in the post game conversation uh, interview, and when he spoke yeah. to the press, I've never seen him at more a loss for words, or maybe more importantly, not wanting to say much. Well, I think the the issue there not only was the call, and look, look, look these NFL coaches, Ricky, uh, you know, they're control freaks to some degree, and uh, they can't control that. So when it's out of your control. And you're you're a type A personality like Sean Payton. It's difficult to stomach. But more than anything, I think was the frustration of that game, in that they knew how to that they had a very narrow margin for error to win that game, and they followed their script almost to a T in every way, except the fumble in the second half and some of the key penalties they had, including the one by Adam Troutman late. It was self-inflicted. These were self-inflicted mistakes. That also contributed along with the call that Sean didn't, didn't agree with. But it was also, I think, a lot of frustration with his own team because they had a chance in that game. Tennessee was kind of ripe for an upset, I think, coming off a bunch of emotional wins, and the Saints had it. They had it within their grasp, and they let it slip away. Are we trying out kickers this week? Well, they brought in a kicker, Brett Maher. Uh, he's going to be on the practice squad. And I think they're going to – they're going to stick with Brian Johnson, but there's no <laughs> – he doesn't have a very long leash. If he can't make an extra point, I mean, they've got a guy on the practice squad that I'm sure they'll uh, – veteran player, Brett Maher, who they will um, who they will upgrade. But, I mean, at some point you got to maybe stick with the young guy and, and, and ride out some of the early struggles. Uh, but, you know, I've noticed him when, when I was on the field in Seattle before the Seahawks game. It was his first game with the Saints. I watched him in pregame warm-ups. The one thing I noticed, Ricky, was when he misses, he misses to the left every time. Uh, it's kind of like a golf swing. He, he's he got the same same kind of pull, and it's an issue. Obviously, they got to get that straightened out because the whole the operation of the place kick was fine. It was all on the kicker. The other, the other point of that press conference with Sean Payton is he said, at some point, it's the nature of the league if you have repeat offenders, you just got to bring somebody else in. I wonder who he's thinking about. People like Tra- Adam Troutman? No, I mean, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to get rid of Adam Troutman, but we might, he might have to go to someone else at tight end, you know, and play more snaps. I think that's what he's talking about. Uh, maybe, maybe going more playing time to other players on the roster if they can't get anything out of him. I mean, Adam Troutman right now has got four drop passes, uh, second on the team, but Alvin Kamara leads the team with five. So it's, it's <laughs> really the tight end and running back more than the receivers that are dropping the ball. Wow, wow, wow. That's something to, very interesting to think about. Anyway, Jeff Duncan, you're the you're the man. I appreciate you taking time to visit with us today. Uh, have, a, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, hopefully after another uh, big win on the road, Ricky. But uh, look forward to talking to you again then. Take care, buddy. You, you bet, buddy. Take care. We'll see you. Uh, When we come back, we have Matt McDonald from the Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. See you after this. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.